Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's update day. Gotta love it. Always a thrill over here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is exciting. I mean, this is one of the biggest mid-season updates, if not the biggest of all time. So the hype's hype's high over here. (laughs) For sure. It's kind of unprecedented. Um, At least in recent memory, we really don't see these sort of changes. Definitely Mm -hmm. not on the balancing side, and then we'll get into it. But the rank changes surprised me. Really surprised me. They were definitely weird. Uh, Weird to get them now, essentially. But we'll we'll get into it. As you can probably tell today, we're going to be breaking down all the latest from the collection event and just talking about the balancing changes, updates, all that good stuff. Give you the latest news in Apex Legends. Before we do that, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. Links for the Discords and our Twitters are in the description of the show. For our amazing patrons, we have some pretty exciting stuff going on right now. We're doing a poll that will determine the future of our content. So we're planning Mm -hmm. another change. It's been a while since we've kind of changed up the cadence of the podcast. Um, And then the other big thing is we're doing a really fun discussion episode uh, for this month. So right now, people are very welcome to vote and submit their discussions so if you want to take part in that, join the Patreon. Link for that's in the description. I enjoyed the bonus discussion episodes a ton. Like direct line into being on the podcast essentially and getting to share your thoughts. It's awesome over there. With that though, let's dive into the news. So all the news today is going to come under the umbrella of the Awakening Collection event. And it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, We got a ton to talk about. We'll see if we can keep this to a respectable length of a podcast. Henry and I have a tendency to go long on some subjects, but we'll try and keep it nice and easy for everyone. We're going to start with the new town takeover, though, Lifelines Clinic, uh, located between Gardens and Grow Towers. It's in the northwest corner on the map Olympus. A couple of the features of the town takeover has a med bay that heals players in the center of the POI. Uh, Once per game, you can head to the back to the emergency platform and bring down a care package. And then there is also another cool feature under the POI. There's like this bar hangout with music that has uh, those loot balls that are flashing in different colors. And you can you know shoot them to get purple, gold, blue. Uh, so lots of really cool little features to the map itself. But what are your first impressions just overall on location, aesthetic, design, yeah. first thoughts? First thoughts, there's a lot to go over. Uh but first and foremost, a very much long-awaited town takeover. You know, 100%. we've been theorizing this. I think when we had a whole episode about this for our patrons, this was the most sought-after town takeover where yeah. there were so many amazing ideas, so much interest. And so it's exciting that it's finally here. I will say that the cool features, um, the med bay that automatically heals is really awesome. And one of the things that I really love is that medkits spawn on some yeah. countertops, mm-hmm. which we've really never seen before on any map in any building. So I think that's pretty unique uh, from a design standpoint. Um, I think 
my expectations for town takeovers are so high. You know, <laughs> when you go up against uh, ramparts, caustics, like uh, I really like those a lot. I don't think it meets them, but I do still like it. But what I think is most impactful about this town takeover is the positioning. I think mm-hmm. being so dang close to gardens is really going to change how those fights carry out and how mm-hmm. much loot is concentrated on that side of the map. So I'm really looking forward to see how this could improve Olympus as a map yeah. just with one POI. Very early impressions that this could definitely be a, a good ranked drop or a good comp drop just because of your rotations in and out of the area. So that sets it up for success all on its own. And the loot's been pretty solid. We're pretty sure you get a guaranteed purple in the center as well, which is always nice. That care package could be another purple right there in of itself. So you get this uncontested, you'll probably feel pretty dang good coming out of it. Uh, and that's something that's always a nice plus. But overall, I just think it's a, I think it's a pretty dang good POI. I think the aesthetic's great on the map Olympus specifically. I think it just kind of matches the feel mm-hmm. of the map overall. I think maybe it's not Lifeline's character per se personified into one thing. Because as far as we kind of know, we just got our stories from the Outlands on of her. It's not like, you know... She's loaded with money, but she has been in the Apex games for a while. So I'm just not sure how the state of the art medical facility is her yeah. town takeover versus maybe more like the, uh, you know, camp environment that people were thinking with. But hey, she's been winning for a long time. Apex games is a route to some money. This is a good thing to put your monies towards uh, Lifeline. So respect. <laughs> yeah. And it's not really a rock and roll Lifeline clinic either. It's yeah. pretty much by the book, which... It's cool. It's, it does fit. I think, like you said, it fits the map. Does it fit Lifeline perfectly? Maybe not, but that's okay. I definitely, I honestly, like, I'm bringing it up just to mention it. My, I don't really have complaints about it, though, because of the <sighs> under area. Um, mm. the like little bar disco area. I think yeah, that yeah, really yeah. provides that, like, rock and roll kind of thing to the lore. Well, when if that wasn't there, I would definitely be a little bit more like, oh, we just got like this like ivory tower of medical supplies sure. and stuff. But I like that little extra characteristic that they threw in there for sure. Um, it, it's a cool drop though, and plays really fun overall. There's just there's tons of bins, so there's lots of spots you can drop outside, go directly in, you can go directly under. There's all, like three levels essentially. So uh, you know. Yeah. As it always happens with town takeovers when they first come out, they're heavily contested early on. There's been some fun fights with a ton of teams over there. Next piece of news, though, we got the return of Control, the LTM. Uh, now we have three maps in rotation, you know, World's Edge, Olympus, and Stormpoint. Uh, a couple new additions. One that I thought was really cool to mention today is the add drones that are flying around uh, that are supposed to add and insert <laughs> knock on wood a little some flavor and storytelling that can also be shot down if you shoot them down you don't get anything though unfortunately which was too bad to kind of see um and then also the other kind of big addition they're advertising is you have more in-game breakdowns of how control works in terms of the scoring system seeing the scoreboard all that kind of fun stuff that's been added to the game we can talk a little bit about control maybe some first thoughts that you want to share about it coming back but just so everyone knows we're going to kind of be doing a deep dive a little guide on saturday's episode to refresh everybody's minds on everything about control yeah i think we're both pretty big fans of control we wish it was around more often uh, like i think a lot of people do i think the biggest change is that new map 
uh, being mm-hmm. Lava Siphon, World's Edge. I've played it a good amount. I think it's solid. I think it's a fun map, so I'm glad they uh, they did that. Yeah, we'll talk about it in depth on Saturday, but it's just always fun to have it back. It's a, it's a great mode, and I, I always enjoy playing. I probably play the most solo Apex when controls in rotation, for sure. So definitely excited to have it back. Next little piece of news, though, we got the collection event cosmetics. Just got to go over them briefly, see if any of them get Henry's attention, because that's the good measure of if a skin is worth buying or not. I think it's a pretty strong collection of skins, though. Do you have a favorite one that stands out? Anything that's going to bust into your wallet? I agree that it's a really good collection. I think if you look at all the legendary uh, legend skins, we got a really awesome lineup. Um you know, I'm such a big fan of Loba, and this is a very, very unique uh, skin for her, so I may craft that one. Um, and then the Rampart skin, I like as well. Horizon and Rampart have kind of a similar one. Uh, I like both of those. What are what are some of your favorites? Honestly, I've told this, uh, you know, I dropped in with a buddy early on. I think this is one of my favorites in terms of the collection of skins. Uh I like a lot of them. Uh, I'm tempted to definitely pull the trigger on a few, but the Ash skins that are matching uh, mm. the Hemlock and the skin and the body skin itself are just amazing. And the Horizon skin, I think, is, is really fun. It looks really quirky and kind of cool. Um, yeah. So uh, I think they did I, a good job with this one. So the only one I was like, eh, on was Maggie's, really. <laughs> mm. I, I felt like the Ash skin kind of reminded me of uh destiny in a Mm. way how the eyes were designed was kind of like one of the characters you could play as um so i felt like that one was pretty unique as well that is cool i hadn't thought about that um yeah but overall good collection of skins and the lifeline a skin linked to the stories from the outlands in store as well pretty pricey but very very cool also let's talk about valk's heirloom we're both big Valk fans, been talking about her for a long time. We got the spear, the trident, whatever everybody wants to you know, end up referring to it as in the end. What are you thinking about it, first impressions? We very recently kind of ranked heirlooms mm-hmm. um, in terms of their lore power, but also just kind of taking a look at all of them. And the bigger the heirloom, that does contribute to the coolness factor. And I think the scale of this heirloom is really, really cool. So I'm, I'm a fan. I love Valk. I think this is a great heirloom. It has really fun inspects, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I would give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, you got the ramen emote when you, she's going to pull out the bowl of ramen, mm-hmm. eat that all at one gulp. Impressive eating skills. She needs to enter like, you know, a hot dog eating competition I for think. sure it's absolutely wild and then obviously straight straight to her lore and titanfall takes out viper's helmet don't really know where she's holding it don't care uh <laughs> awesome to see kind of the cracked yeah. helmet essentially in game extremely cool yeah i think probably up there with some of the best uh heirloom inspects just because of how good it looks and the connection to the lore is just it couldn't be any more perfect 100 percent. let's talk about the armory updates they made uh one prevented tridents from landing on top of armories haven't really tested out personally how that actually works did you get a chance at all to practice it at all 
I wasn't able to see it, but okay. this is something that I believed was going to be a much harder problem to solve. Um, if we're optimistic and we say it is fixed, hopefully that, that it is, mm -hmm. I'm impressed. Like I felt like the out-of-bounds mapping for a trident was never really made in the game uh, to the same point that just the normal OB is. But clearly, it was not as hard as I thought, or they worked really hard to fix this. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I hope it's just like an invisible force field or something that pushes you off in theory. Um, yeah. Other changes, though, they removed the gold loot roller at wave 8. Uh, they decreased the chances of hop-up spawning through the smart loot system. The base hop-up rate spawn rate is now 50%, and with gold hop-ups further being reduced to 20%. We don't know what they were at the start to know the comparison per se, but obviously it's a decrease. And smart loot is no longer generated for teammates that are outside of the armory, so you can't get carried by your teammates that are just grinding in the armory at this point. Um, which of those do you think could be most impactful? Any of them impactful? So, like, like with the Trident changes on the roof, I'm really impressed with all these changes. Mm -hmm. I think that they're drastic. I was not expecting them to kind of across the board make these changes. But at the same time, I have to admit, these are good changes. And this is exactly what the feedback was in my eyes, that the, the gold uh, gear items were way too much mm -hmm. and then it was kind of too easy to get fully kitted with you know your turbocharger and all yeah. your gray uh attachments so i i think this is probably good and that last change where if your teammate refuses to come with you they don't you know take some of the loot or mm -hmm. you don't you can't redeem it i like that as well yeah. so i'd say this these are great yeah, i mean and i think they're is no risk as well now they're removing kind of the bugs mm -hmm. around why you wouldn't go in an armory per se and so to keep the loot at the same level may not make the most sense after all the feedback they've received so yeah i agree with you good changes overall let's talk about some of the balancing updates they made though and we'll just kick it right off with the big one man uh the crafting changes uh, r301 yeah. and rampage have been removed from crafting added back down the floor loot and the wingman and car smg have been added to the crafting and were removed from the ground loot they are still using the term seasonal in game which was added at the beginning of the season to the rampage and r301 and the replicator so a little weird that we're getting that i was curious if we were going to get dev notes on like hey this is a balancing change because we don't like the guns that we put in there like this it no it still will be a bi season yeah. thing um but now we don't really know going into next season will the expectation be that it switches at the split or not yeah it's kind of unfortunate that we don't have an answer on that but i think that you kind of have to make the assumption that this now will be switched at every split um this is huge, and I have to start off by saying it was amazing to run around and be able to pick up the R301 again. Yep. I really, I knew I would miss it. I did, and now that it's back, I am very grateful. Losing the wingman in the car, though, is probably equally as painful as being able Definitely. to run the R301 more often. Um, these were the weapons that probably were most demanded to be in there in terms of their popularity and power um and so i'm okay with it it is painful 
But at the same time, if this is going to be how we keep the loop pool fresh and it's rotated twice per season, it's not that bad, you yeah. know? Like, that's you can handle that. It's about a month and a half, like five weeks um, to really either prioritize these weapons and be able to get them every game if you really desperately want them yeah. or you're trying something new. Um, yeah, I think what's maybe more interesting about this change is how it will impact the weapon meta um, for this next split. And yeah. so we've been in such a heavy meta in the first split. Will taking the wingman and car out change that drastically or... Maybe not, because yeah. they are so popular, and they will be crafted still. It, hard to tell. And that's interesting. Like, I, I think you and I crafted the R301 this season, so far, more than any other gun that has ever been in the Replicator. And yeah. I think we used it a ton, especially in Ranked. Um, and so it, it is an interesting balance. I'm excited to see how it goes. I mean, Wingman Car was pretty much my go-to loadout, you know, this first split in, in Ranked. So... That hurts a little bit. I'm already using the R9 more until I find the car. The cool thing about the car being in the replicator, though, is that your odds of getting the purple attachment or the purple mag that fits is doubled. So, you know, if yeah. heavy or light is in the rotation as well, setup car is going to be everywhere, I think. Super um, easy. So it's going to be kind of cool to have that balance per se. Yeah, the lack of a wingman, though, that's going to be the interesting one. I'm very fascinated to see and. I'm fascinated to see that we have two really good guns in there. And unlike, we're Rampage fans, but I think we and can recognize. fans. Yeah, but, but, but we can recognize that the R301 is yeah. the more popular weapon, the easier to use one, one of our favorite guns. Wingman and Car are both so good, but both serve totally different purposes. So which one will you maybe see more or less of now is going to be quite interesting, uh, in my opinion. So a weird change, but happy to see it, honestly. Yeah. Further balancing though, the bow, the gold optic is now the three times ranger. Woo! Nice little celebration, something that we've been uh, maybe pining for for a while. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Solid. Love it. Mirage. Mirage can now use decoys on a Valkyrie deploy. Uh, a little weird that it took this long to, you know, get done. Our boy, I don't think, is uh, at the front of the developers' minds, to say the least, right now. <laughs> Yeah, this was such an odd one um, because we don't play a lot of Mirage. Definitely don't couple Valk with Mirage very often. But I could have sworn that this was a thing. Like, I I could have sworn that you, this was always possible. But realizing that it hasn't been since Season 9 yeah. is a little bit embarrassing. And the fact that they didn't say it was a bug, that yeah. this was kind of like a balance update that mm -hmm. this is considered to be a buff for mirage is comical thank goodness we got a buff to the decoy man love it it's mr weird. bamboozler himself getting better that's every right. day let's talk about the big balancing changes though the ones that everybody is talking about and that's lifeline so full full balancing change through her entire kit start with the passive combat revive they moved a revive cancel option from lifeline to the player that's actually getting revived gives you the opportunity to save yourself if you were revived in a bad position uh, you got doc healing drone changes 
They increased the healing pool from 150 to infinite. Still lasts for the same duration, though, uh, 20 seconds. And they doubled the healing radius of how far away you can be connected to Doc and still be healed. And they made some changes to the care package as well. They reduced the cooldown from 5 minutes to 3.5 minutes. And the weapon attachment panel now comes with the shield battery instead of two shield cells. And then there's no blue beam on the initial drop. It will still show up after the care package lands but I guess it won't be advertising itself the entire time on the way down now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so taking these one at a time, mm -hmm. I think the changes of the passive, mainly going to be a quality of life thing. Totally. Not going to make a huge difference. Same, I would argue, for the first change to the tactical. Making that pool of health hit points on the dock infinite instead of 150, there are not that many situations where the entire team has to heal all of their base health. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about if that's the case and you have to get your whole team from zero to 100, that would be 300, you know, health. That rarely, rarely happens. So I would kind of say that's a quality of life thing and fringe cases is helpful. The doubling the healing radius is one that when playing... I didn't feel as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like you'd be able to really move away from it. And you can. It's doubled. Like That's not dishonest <laughs> or anything. But I didn't feel like I could be really around the corner or yeah. super far away from it. So that was meaningful but not a game changer. Mm -hmm. But what that allows is for Lifeline to kind of put it behind a rock and then peek out, shoot, come back while still healing so yeah. you don't have to stop the healing in order to keep applying pressure or go stick a revive or something like that so mm -hmm. i think that could be a meaningful but small buff the ultimate i think man it's about time i'm really mm -hmm. happy with this change and i think that it adds a lot to lifeline's ability to provide meaningful loot to her team yeah 100 percent. i agree yeah, the last changes to kind of reworking that care package and making it smart loot and changing a little bit of what spawned where and how um, I thought was really great, but it still was a situation where the ultimate just came in too late. And if you did rush to get it out early, you were probably just going to get blue armor if you mm -hmm. didn't have blue armors already. And so it was lackluster. Now that you're going to be able to get, you know, maybe two three care packages if you're using ultimate accelerants that is cool and of course putting a shield battery in there is gonna you know sell it to me so i'm happy with this yeah and you know maybe we'll be wrong but i don't think you or i are looking at these changes like oh massive buff to lifeline like this changes no. where she's at in the meta and i think you and i are kind of in the minority and saying like Honestly, that's not a big deal. That's fine. She's still a very popular legend in terms of pick rate and who plays her, which we've talked about on the show at length before. So yeah, just really interesting to see, though, overall, she's better at what she's already good at. And that's kind of a nice thing to make when there's room for that change to happen. Uh, this wasn't like a give or take in any way, shape, or form. This was a yeah. purely get better, stronger abilities, essentially. Yeah, it wasn't really what we've seen in the past for complete reworks where mm -hmm. they take something away. This was only giving, so it was small buffs across the board. You know, I would say 
this is probably the strangest legend rework balance update we've ever had for any <laughs> legend. Um, and this further solidifies Lifeline as the most balanced legend in the game. Not in terms of her current state, but just receiving Number balancing. <laughs> she has a world record. She had it before this. Yeah. And so now it's just like she is a record holder. My big question about it is why? You know, mm -hmm. I we talked about on a recent episode about why do we feel like Lifeline is not good? Why does she need a buff when she's very popular? She seems to be powerful in all game modes. What's the problem? And what could these changes do to change that or to improve her? I don't know. Unfortunately, we didn't really get any dev notes at all for any of these changes, specifically this one. And it just seems odd. Don't really know what the intention was. And if you don't know that, it's hard to tell was it successful or not. So this one kind of comes off as random yeah. to me. But for the Lifeline mains, it's Congrats. welcomed. Yeah, exactly. You know, other legends don't get this kind of love. So mm -hmm. I guess you're lucky. And there's no dev notes throughout this entire patch, which would have been nice to kind of get to hear about kind of why this change came per se. Um, cause yeah, as far as we know, she wasn't in this dire state of, uh, being weak um, and it wasn't like Newcastle had buried her or anything like we were kind of worried about. So yeah, she's an interesting legend in a cool spot, but you know, upper popularity with the town takeover coming in, it's a, it's a lifeline split, let's say, and I'm happy to yep. be living in a lifeline split. <laughs> Could be worse. Before we get into the rest of the episode though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's talk about the meaty stuff now. Let's talk about the ranked changes. Do we just want to get right into it, or do you want to preface this with anything? <laughs> I'll preface it by saying, okay. on an episode earlier this season, <laughs> we were talking about ranked and the situation. And we had, I think, I don't know exactly which episode, but we had just broken the news to the world via uh, Twitter, this is true, Shay, <laughs> that Aaron, the lead uh, BR-ranked designer, we tweeted at them. He gave us the answer that was unknown beforehand on how the kill points are distributed yes. and that there actually is a kill cap. Um, we were talking about that, and I think you had mentioned or pondered, is it possible that they could change ranked or change the KP or the entry cost or something at the split. And I said, there's no <laughs> way that will ever happen. That it's never happened before. They would never do that. It goes against everything that they've ever done in terms of getting data from a season. If they do that, the whole season is scrapped. You know, they'll have to wait a whole nother season to determine is the distribution proper? Is this a good system? Insert changes. But look what happened. Insert look what happened. Changes. Shay made the impossible happen. <laughs> and I'm not even complaining. I, I just think it's odd because it's so uncharacteristic. Yeah. But wow, I love this. I, like, I mean, and shocked. And I think my thought process kind of walking through was just that it was so drastic in a direction. Yeah. In a new direction. And so it's like they went so far to the extreme. And I think it was so easy to initially recognize that. 
they needed to come back a little bit more, that maybe there was Facts. room for them to shrink that needed sample size, essentially. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it now and what they did because they didn't do small stuff. They did some big changes. More sweeping. Yep, yep. yep. So they, they started with a split reset change. Split reset, softer than usual. Usually you drop six divisions at the split. That's only four. Obviously, I think that comes with the fact that people did not climb as high, generally speaking. So a little bit more forgiveness there. Let's get to the first big one, though. The entry cost changes. They lowered the entry cost minus 10 RP across all divisions and tiers. So a little bit easy. A little bit easier and more forgiving, essentially, to get that RP in the early game, especially. What are your thoughts, though, on this entry cost change as the first big one? I think a lot of people might read this as a small change, but this is big. Mm -hmm. Because now, this season, they made the change where every single division, so gold, four, three, two, one, all went up in RP. So this one change to every single division is going to compound drastically. You know, like before this change, you were in gold one going down 48 points as your entry cost. That is a lot. It really is. So this change across the board is going to make it much easier, like alone to gain. Because the entry cost changes, I think, were the most punishing uh, yeah. out of anything. Even more punishing than demotion. I like, could have, like... They could have just made this change, and I would have been like, "Ooh, it would have done something." Big change at the split, like 100%. yeah. I'm confident this is a meaningful change. Yeah, um, which was probably necessary. Yes, uh, agreed, 100. percent But let's talk about the kill values and the stuff that third party this broke. Is even bigger. This is even yep. bigger. So the crux of it is you're gonna get more RP for high elimination counts now, high elim high elim games. Currently, the first three eliminations are worth. About 100%. I like that it says about because you have those kill tier differences. This essentially, I think, worked in there. And then the subsequent three are worth about 80%, and anything less than that is worth 20%. They are changing it so that each squad is worth about 20% less while maintaining a minimum of 20%, which in turn will give winning teams with high eliminations on average about 40 to 60 more RP. So to kind of break that down a little bit more, if you elim one to three people, that's going to be an 100% value on the kill in the last split and the split. Elim four to six people, that's going to be 80% on the last split, 80% on this split. You get into that seven to nine range, instead of being at 20% in last split, those kills are going to be worth approximately 60%. 10 to 12, 20, and 40, and 13 plus, both 20. Uh, so still don't go for your 20 bumps, I guess, is kind of the, the big takeaway maybe to say. But I think obviously you see a huge jump in that 7 to 9 range. That's a big reward, essentially 60% versus 20%. You're 3xing the value of a kill in that range particularly. And like they're saying, that's 40 to 60 more RP each game, which, like you've said, huge change. This is massive. Like, th and this is probably how it should have been at the beginning. Yeah. You know, if they wanted to make KP uncapped and meaningful, especially with uh, increasing the ability or making it easier to get assists by 50%, uh, making that window 15 seconds and not 10, mm -hmm. um, this impacts everything because not only is it still easier to get assists, so KP 
volume is still going to be high, but now you're yeah. actually going to get rewarded for getting those 10 KP games. But this also makes it so that the participation points are now meaningful mm -hmm. because so often if you were finishing, you know, podium or getting a win, you would have, you know, maybe five, seven kills on average or KP on average, and then maybe two or three participation points. Those, if you got a win based off of the base value of KP, would pretty much be worth zero because it would be 50%, then 20% mm -hmm. of that. Now you're going to be in a situation where it's going to be some points. It's not going to be like two points if you get the win. Because mm -hmm. before, if you didn't get the win and you got like a top three or a top four finish and you had participation points, more often than not, you're probably getting one KP from that, mm -hmm. which kind of defeats the whole purpose. So mm -hmm. now I think you're getting way more KP. Participation points actually, participation points now actually matter a lot more than they used to. And you're going to see people gain uh, ranked points much faster. Yeah. And I think you hit it perfectly by saying this is kind of how we thought it was going to be and how we thought it should be. More rewarding to kill. And I think they're kind of trying to find that balance between rewarding high kills and people just kind of pushing for kills. And we'll see where they end up on this. But I think they're definitely closer to what at least we imagine personally uh, works best. Let's talk about the kill tier differences though as well. You now receive more RP for killing players of higher tiers. Actually, a 50% difference across the board in terms of the percentage modifier. So if you were one tier, you know, that was a 100% was your kill modifier in the last split. Now it's 150. 150 for two tiers last split. 200 now. 200 for three tiers last split. 250 now. Which, honestly, is probably more impactful than ever because of the rank distribution and you actually exactly playing with people. That's what I was going to say. Um, sorry, I took your point. You can have Oh, it. that's perfect. You're, you are now more than ever in plat yeah. playing Preds. So if you kill a Pred, you are actually seeing a very legitimate reward for doing so. Um, yeah. You're going to gain serious RP for that, which hopefully is how people will be climbing faster if they're being placed in high elo games. Yeah, I think this change is maybe the most reactive to the current distribution yes. of any of these changes because we're really in a bronze, silver, gold, a little bit of plat, and everybody else. That means that you are now having a lot of silver four play against gold ones. Like there's just less distribution. So you're going to have that as a case, whether you're playing with friends or not, and you're not in the same rank. This really, I think, addresses that and hopefully will be drastic because once you start doubling the base kill value, you're going to gain a lot of uh, RP based off of no capped KP. Yeah. So you're hopefully from these changes, we are going to be able to see 300, maybe 400 uh, RP gains uh, from, you know, frag out games. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into it, play some and kind of see how it plays out. Uh, the last thing, though, let's talk about, though, on a ranked standpoint is some of the thoughts that were shared from the senior design director, Evan Nikolic at Respawn. He did an interview with a news outlet called The Loaded, kind of talking about this rank, these rank changes, the split generally as well. Uh, some of the highlights, generally speaking, the team like the direction that ranked is moving in. 
Uh, one interesting note on matchmaking from the interview, though, is that Evan said, quote, we need to get better at separating out the skill tiers faster, and the team is actively working on improving it, end quote, which is an interesting thing we've talked about in terms of Apex is a time-oriented ranked system on top of skill. You not only have to be good, you have to play for a long time to reach the skill level that you want to, which is different from how a lot of other ranks work in terms of getting a placement match based off of who you played. You do your placement matches, you play some low elo people, you play some high elo people, they kind of try and balance you out and give you a stronger starting point, which is what ranked arenas is trying to do, but I think we're all on the same page. It does so unsuccessfully right now. Uh, But the fact that they've kind of identified that as a change is interesting because it very much goes against how their ranked system i think is structured from the ground up right now yeah i think this is the most important thing i think getting the high skill players up out of those lower ranks as fast as humanly possible is a top priority followed very closely by can we have a fair and rewarding distribution so that Mm -hmm. people have something to work towards. Because I think this split, seeing so many people, you know, hard stuck, silver or gold, who used to be plat, diamond, they're not going to want to play ranked anymore. And Mm -hmm. I, I was pretty adamant on how concerned I was for that. So I think those are the two main issues. Making sure you're getting the high skill up out of those lower tiers really quickly, and then looking big picture on is the distribution fair and rewarding to the players that put in the time mm-hmm. and have the skill. Totally, totally. Uh, Evan also was not willing to commit to any gold knockdown changes uh, in ranked. You know, fun little topic. Do we want to talk about it for 10 minutes, Henry? Not today, not Shane. Not today. Uh, more importantly, though, Evan shared some thoughts on the solo experience in ranked. Uh, quote saying there is room to improve the solo experience we have heard players concerns here and we are actively looking for ways we can make things better for solo queue players we can't share any additional details at this time but rest assured knowing we're working on it uh rest assured henry they're working on it it is it's tough uh because we believe that a successful game has a super strong solo queue experience Mm -hmm. Whether it's a campaign game, whatever, that's really important to the longevity of a title. But when they released these changes to Ranked, we were under the impression that this was the most clear stance we've ever seen the developers on saying, this is a team game. Mm -hmm. If you want to play Ranked, that is a team experience. We don't want to reward solo players. Placement matters, playing together matters. That's a team game. And for now years, we've kind of understood that as, yeah, this is kind of the most team-oriented BR out there. But now to hear that maybe that's less of a firm stance based off player reaction is interesting, at least. It's very interesting. And in response to, I think, Snipedown's concept of the pitch he's made for discounted RP for solos and duos to be rewarded for the solo experience which is an opinion i think a lot of people share evan responded to that and said i do not want to adjust rp costs on a team-by-team basis because that adds confusion and potentially an unfair advantage and quote he went on to kind of compare it to pickup basketball which henry and i noted with you know a team of five friends versus a team of strangers the strangers don't get you know two or three free points because they've never played together 
it's an interesting kind of comparison. You know, Henry and I have played basketball our entire lives. Yeah, I think there's a lot of other variables that go in. There's no skill-based matchmaking <laughs> in basketball, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. the, the point stands, though, that obviously there is some recognition that the solo experience is not where anyone wants it to be. It's not where the players want it to be. It's not where developers want it to be. How can they get it to where they want it to be while maintaining, like you've said, the biggest push to being a team-oriented game of all time? I'm not sure. I think they have to bring the third-party podcast on board so that people can get in our Looking for Groups channel on Discord so we can get just more teams all together all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like this interview was pretty long and for the first time uncovered to Shay and I that Evan Nikolic is a seriously large player on the respawn team working on apex like we didn't know that um he doesn't i think he has about 200 followers on twitter so he's not super active but we would love to have a conversation with him learn more about his role because over the last year we haven't really known who's in charge of game design on a on a large scale at a senior level so him fulfilling that role is amazing and i'm so excited to learn more about his philosophy and what he wants to do with the game moving forward totally and and agree or disagree with like his opinion on things changes he wants to make him going out and sharing his thoughts behind this is all i ever want to develop so i think it's freaking amazing to be able to for us to talk about these quotes, it felt like for a while there, we were kind of doing this weekly on news, talking about like the latest things the developers said. This feels like the first time in months, honestly. Uh, yeah. So this has been a pleasure. Uh, overall, last quote we'll kind of share from this Evan interview, speaking to the direction of Ranked Apex overall, Evan said, we want to encourage high skill team play, but put emphasis on winning and create a path to pro play. We aspire that one day pro teams will be able to look for the next great player to join their team from the top Apex ranked players, end quote. Really cool concept and obviously matches the changes they've made that hit ranked Apex closer to the ALGS and comp. And if we look at Apex ranked as the grassroots for pro play in Apex, I love that because I think that's something that successful games like League have done. You have Clash. It's its own kind of competitive section of Apex. I hope there's even a step further that this will be taken someday in terms of doing in-game tournaments like Rocket League and stuff, not just pure ranked play, uh, because I think this is a really cool aspiration and goal for the team uh, to want to reach, essentially. I can't remember ever hearing anything like this uh, from developers. Mm -hmm. This is a huge stance, um, especially because you hinted to the tension between pro players feeling like ranked is not a mirror or a training grounds for what they do in private tournaments. So I really am curious to see ranked is not settled down. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you believe about, uh, ranked and the changes they are not done yet because that quote says there's going to be a lot more drastic changes that make ranked even more competitive than it is right now yeah i love that quote but that quote does crack me up with the lack of a gold knockdown change just throwing that one out there that's the only it's weird they did say evan said in the quote they're working on it yeah they want to address it but definitely no commitment or anything yeah yeah. So we'll see. 
That's all everything for the Awakening Collection event. Any final thoughts overall you'd like to share on the split change as a whole? Super refreshing to get a little bit of legend balancing, Mm -hmm. spice up the weapon pool a little bit with the replicator. Love the town takeover. So happy the control is back for a limited time. This is definitely a high point for the year so far of Apex. Going to be a ton of fun. Enjoy the next split on World's Edge. It's going to be awesome. Play some ranked. It'll be awesome. I just said awesome twice, but whatever. It's going to be awesome. I'll say it again. Let's wrap things up now with one question, at least coming from Discord, coming from RyFi. What is something you want to change in Apex? It could be a legend, place, map, or even the community. What would you change? Henry, go. Man, what a a good one. You know, (laughs) one thing you could change. I think right now, taking a really serious look at the wingman as something that could really affect Apex moving forward. Mm -hmm. I personally like the wingman, and I don't really think it's unfair, but looking at weapons that do high damage, like the wingman, like the G7, like the bow, Mm -hmm. they are really strong. So is that okay? Do we have to do a sweeping change or not? Is something that I think could take some time. I don't think the replicator is really the answer to it, but if I were to change something, it could be how we just look at those high damage weapons mm-hmm. in general. Maybe there's a movement thing. Maybe there's a ammo stack thing. I don't know. But I think that's maybe a, a, an issue that could be addressed seriously. That's a good one. Uh I'll be honest, my mind did not go there. <laughs> well, I think I sh- you probably have something more pressing. I just I'm shoot. I think I'm shooting higher potentially. I I, w- I think if I was going to make one change, I would look at Apex Legends Mobile and say, "Hey, look, unlocking things." I would never do that. Is incentivizing. Oh man! And I would love for the legends to be unlockable via the battle pass. I want easier access yeah. to the legends. Um, whether that is them being unlocked in the battle pass putting locked legends in a rotating pool of free ones weekly so people can try them out and play them before choosing to unlock them permanently. That's something I would love to see. And building off that unlockability of things, I I think heirlooms should be more easily accessible to people. I don't think you should be able to get all of them by all means. I think it should be attainable though to get one to two for the average player. And you know, maybe EA respawn, you can call me stupid if we ever talk about it. Uh, you know, to me it seems like if you gave someone one heirloom, I think that addiction would set in and you might be even more likely to have people spending on a second one. Uh, that'd be my theory. Yeah. I'm sure they know a lot more about that than I do, but those would kind of be my two unlockable wish changes. Both of those are great. I think making the legends way more accessible is key. Like, I don't know if you should be able to unlock all 20 plus legends within three months of playing or six months of playing, but it's got to be expedited Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's hard for us to even talk about legends, popularity and power and recommend legends when most people come into the game are debating on whether or not to unlock octane, you know, and, that's a no-brainer, our, our but there are so many good options. Nothing with yeah. People don't got Octane as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. 
That's going to wrap up this episode, though. Thank you to our producer, the third party, Tanu Sports Silver on Patreon. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Pod, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.